Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's 103.2, available on the web at fm1032.com.au. This morning, we've got a very special guest on the phone all the way from America. We've got psychologist, author and marriage counsellor, Dr. David Ludwig. Good morning, David. How are you? Good morning. It is really nice over here and I hope it's nice over there too. It is indeed. And it's Marriage Week this week as well. And I know that you're a bit of an expert in marriage, yes, aren't you? I love Marriage Week because it's always helpful to focus on marriages. Absolutely. They use all the help they can get. Yeah. Now, you've been married yourself for, what is it, something like 47 years? That's right, 47. Well, congratulations. That is such a milestone. <laughs> and we still get along. Yeah, <laughs> which is good to hear. Well, I'm going to ask you soon about some of the secrets to your success and to a successful marriage. But first, I want to touch on something that we have spoken about before a few months ago when you were in Australia. We spoke very, very briefly about a concept called painters and pointers. And there's usually one or the other or or both in a relationship. And uh, you usually pretty much know straight away if you're a painter or a pointer. Now, I know what I am. So why don't you explain to us? You're a painter, Joe, and I'm a pointer. (laughs) That's right. And these two usually attract each other. And the reason is, uh, you know, they, they're, they're endlessly mysterious. And so you'll spend the rest of your life trying to get to know each other. That's what makes it fun, but it also makes it very frustrating. But to just to give some uh, general ideas, uh, let me talk about my wife first, Kathy. Okay. She's a painter, and I don't really understand it, but as close as I can get is she thinks out loud. In other words, when she's talking, she's actually thinking out loud. She's painting a picture. I call her a painter because she's got all these details, all these things that all relate to each other. And, you know, sometimes the picture is like a Rembrandt or something. It's got so much detail and intricacy and color, and that's the way she communicates. Well, that's a good way of communicating because you get a lot of detail. But she married me, and when I communicate, I will a lot of times just say one word because I will think through things before I talk bring them down to a point, and the very first words out of my mouth will be the point. And so here's where the fun starts. Uh, Kathy will say something, and I will immediately think that's the point, because that's the first words out of her mouth. Uh-oh. But uh-oh is right. It's only the first breaststroke, and so I'll get defensive, draw conclusions, correct her reality, and she's just beginning to paint the picture. In fact, the first words out of a painter's mouth are throwaway words. They're just saying, hey, i got something to say. I don't know what it is yet, but let's both listen. And then when she wants me to talk or when she asks me a question, well, I'll just say one word. And then she gets frustrated because she doesn't think I'm telling her anything. Little does she know I thought through everything and boil it down into one word. And so that's where the frustration comes in, but that's where the mystery comes in too. So we're, what you're saying is we, we tend to get frustrated with each other, but we find each other you know, quite interesting to communicate with. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so... One of the things I've learned, I wish I knew this uh, concept early on in the marriage because uh, I look back and there were so many times that I misread what Kathy was saying because I uh, just assumed that the first words out of her mouth were exactly what she meant. And I would think about those three days later, I'd still be stressing, and they were throwaway words. Mm. Here I thought she was really stressed over this, and she would just throw on sentences out just seeing what she really felt. <laughs> Of course, that sometimes can get us painters into trouble if we just sort of speak out loud and sort of think out loud and we're not really well, quite sure what we're that's saying. Your job. <laughs> the, painters, the gift the painters bring to the relationship is they'll, they'll always start conversations. There's always something they need to process. And they've got so many things going on in their minds at once. It's just absolutely it's just awesome to see that a painter can flash. They can flash into the future. They have all sorts of things going on. 
and me a pointer, you know, I'm just thinking about one thing usually. Mm. Well, I, I found that out just, just recently, David. I've been married for just on six months now and I'm, I'm a painter and I'm married to a pointer. So when I ask him how his day was, he will think about it for a second and say, it was pretty good. And I'm waiting for him to expand and elaborate and tell me all about it. Uh-huh. When he asked me how I, my day was, I say, well, it started this morning on the drive to work when I saw this by the side of the road and I have to just explain everything to him. So That's exactly right. You can just imagine the conversations we have. So uh-huh. how do you get a, a painter and a pointer then to communicate effectively with one another? What's the oh, secret? Well, pointer, see myself, I, I really have to do something what I call as counterintuitive. In other words, I don't do it naturally. When Kathy opens her mouth, I have to realize, oh, don't focus on that. Wait till the picture's getting painted. And so rather than stressing and trying to fix what she's doing, or, you know, pointers like to, you know, fix things, I just sit back and enjoy the picture. And then it works. I'm never wrong when I say, Kathy, tell me more. You know, I I just want her to paint more picture, and boy, she loves that. (laughs) But now, when she wants to get me to talk, that's a whole different process, because she'll ask me a question, like you said, you know, how'd your day go? And I'll say, hmm. And I'll think for a few minutes and say, yeah, it went, it went pretty good. Well, that's all I'll say. I don't need to say any more. And I figure that's all you need to know because I summarized everything. And so if you need to know, if you want to know more about how my day went, you have to double-click. You know, like the Internet, underlined word. Okay. You just double-click. In other words, you ask me or you ask your husband, tell me more about the day being good. Just double-click on good. And he'll say, oh, well, the meeting I had this afternoon was good. That's all he'll say. Oh, there's another underlying word. Tell me about the meeting this afternoon. Then he'll say, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, you know, I got uh, a couple of things that really went well. Well, tell me about the couple of things. And about three double clicks, you'll get the detail. And about five double clicks, you'll actually get his emotions. Most of the time, you never know a pointer's emotions because you don't double click enough. <laughs> okay. So for, to, to get some information out of a pointer, uh, the best thing to say is to double-click on what they're saying. On and the word, and you have to use the pointer's exact word. If you mm. put your own in, it's going to be a different file and frustrate the pointer to death. Okay. And the best thing that a pointer, someone who gets straight to the point, can say to a painter who loves to talk is? Paint me the picture. Tell me more. Yeah, paint me the picture. I want to know the whole picture. I know every detail. And boy, the painter will happily slap all the paint on the... <laughs> That's exactly right. My goodness. We're having a chat today with Dr. David Ludwig, psychologist, author and marriage counsellor about marriage and about communication and about painters and pointers in a relationship. Now, David, I I want to ask you, you do a lot of counselling with a lot of couples and um, uh, I'm wondering what are some of the keys, I suppose you could say, to a strong and loving marriage? Oh, I uh, I think the major key is become soulmates. And this is just what we're talking about. Learn how to listen to the other person so that whenever you're discussing an issue, the first thing you do is want to get to know what the other person feels and thinks rather than get into arguments or power struggles or rebut things. And so if you can, you can think about, oh, I like to call this like a positive knee-jerk reaction where you immediately, when, the other, when your spouse says something, your first reaction is positive, saying, hey, good, thanks for telling me that, tell me more. Then it becomes like two people building a team and allying. And so I call this building a strong we. And uh, I think the second thing, almost as equally as important, is that you use this word we often. It's a very, very simple word where you say, well, how are we going to handle this situation? How are we going to handle this? If you have children, you look at each other and say, hmm, how are we going to handle this situation? And that ally, that team, 
then includes the child in the team, and that's what works. So those are two, I think, critical ideas to make sure you, you stay a team, you stay on the same page, and you use the word we often. Now, what about handling conflict? Because conflict is just a part of life, and, and I, I hate it. I, I hate any kind of conflict. So how do you deal with... Actually, I don't, I don't like it either, because I was raised... I'm, I'm pretty sensitive inside, and mm. you know, anytime there's conflict, I feel my stomach kicking in, and I want to back away. Yeah. But actually, if there is conflict, if you can see this as a way to get closer to each other, not see it as something bad, but see it as a way of getting to know each other better then you've got the right perspective. And so instead of letting things build up or you know, trying to gloss over things or not really saying what you really think and feel so that you don't upset the apple cart, you know, rather whenever something comes up, you don't let the sun go down while you're still upset, but rather you sit down and the first words out of your mouth are, hmm, how are we going to handle this situation? You first ally and then you say, hey, what are you thinking about it? And then I'll say what I'm thinking about it. And you don't get this power struggle or this feeling that you're not being heard or things like that that normally go on in most, most couples' conversation. So I think it's this, this sense of forming that we and allying and seeing conflict as good. I still don't like conflict. But whenever it happens, more often than not now, I'll say, okay, honey, we've got to sit down. We've got to figure this thing out. And as soon as I use the word we, well, we're on the same page. Yeah, some great advice there. Now, David, what sort of advice do you have for couples who might be preparing for marriage? Mm, that's a good question. Because if you put the relationship together in a healthy way, then the relationship can last a lot longer. So you're thinking about how do you really build a relationship. And I like to think of a relationship as having strong pillars that you're building it on. And one is the communication pillar where you really do learn how to search out each other's souls. So you continue those long conversations, you know, trying to find out what each person thinks and feels. And then when things do glitch, and you will, then you talk it through. But one other piece of advice, the thing that you don't see is when you bring two backgrounds together, you will automatically get places that don't fit. I I like to call this your spiritual DNA. You know, both of you have a different DNA, you put it together, and whew, it causes some very interesting things happening within the relationship. And so when those things happen, instead of blaming your spouse, be much more ready to say, hey, where did that come from? Where, why am I feeling bad? And look at your own history. Look at your own background, what you brought to the table. If you are much more ready to look at your own background and not blame your spouse for when things glitch early on, then you can catch things when they're small. Ten years later, they will build up to a point where wow, they can <coughs> blow the relationship apart. And finally, the, actually the most important thing, that thing that really starts the we and builds it, is Christ being in the center. But automatically, when you pray for one another, the mood shifts, and you have a we there. And more than that, especially when you get in a bad mood toward each other and you've gone for hours and maybe days where you're blaming the other person and everything else. Now is a critical time where you put Christ in your heart, you ask him to change your mood so that your spirit would be much more open to the marriage. And I like the Bible passage, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The one another is the we or the relationship. So finally when Christ helps you 
think that the relationship is more important than yourself. Oh, now your mood shifts and you're not blaming your spouse or you're not blaming the other person, and now the relationship will work. That's the, how powerful Christ is. I just call it the power of we. Yeah. Dr. David Ludwig joining us from the States this morning for a very special week, Marriage Week, all this week. David, I know people are going to want to find out more details. We'll put uh, this interview later on this morning up on our website so people can find out more. But I know that you have a website which has a lot of great resources that people can find out more as well. What's that site? www.thinkwe.com. That's where I have a lot of marriage and parenting things and even a marriage DVD you can get. And then another website uh, is a new parenting video. Uh, it's uh, www.parentingfamilies.com. Terrific. And we've got all of those details here so we can pass them on. Mm-hmm. Dr. David Ludwig joining us this morning from America. He's a psychologist, author, marriage and family counsellor. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Joanne. We hope you enjoyed this Sydney's 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.